Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and with me once again are Matthew, the evil Oregon duck, Paige, <laughs> and Rich, the decked out in his Jimi Hendrix best, Richard Michelson, and uh, we're back once again to talk a little bit of sports, and uh, we're going to talk about something called Super League in European soccer, but before we do that, let's take a look at the NFL Draft. And guys, I don't think anything went too out of the ordinary tonight so far. The draft picks that were taken, uh, there were some permutations, but pretty much all the pundits got it right this time. For the most part, yeah. I think the only real surprise was Chicago moving up so far uh, to get Justin Fields, which I think was a good move on their part. They needed a real quarterback, and they haven't, you know, Andy Dalton is not the solution. Um, and the other one of note is I have to, I have to say, um, the chargers having Rashawn Slater fall into their laps that late in the draft was a, a gift. Um, and, and with them adding Corey Lindsay from the Packers and yeah. That, so that anyway, that's the chart. That's the chargers and nobody cares about the chargers. Matt Man, just wants to talk. Herbert. Matt just wants to talk about Oregon ducks <laughs> and I will not let him on this show. Talk about Oregon ducks. Shut up, Matt. Let's talk about what people actually give a damn about, and that's quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Because Trevor Lawrence went first. We kind of all thought that was going to happen. Rich, you had actually called this a long time ago, and we kind of were like, I don't know, but it did happen. Uh, And, you know, the pundits started agreeing with you, apparently, about one Zach Wilson from BYU. Taking notes from Rich. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Again, guys, like, I, for whatever reason – the Jets fell in love with him, and I think he's a really good quarterback. I definitely think he's a first-rounder. I don't think he's a number-two pick. I think they, they overdrafted here. Yeah, and, I, and, I, uh, okay. But actually, Matt, you say that, but you kind of were thinking that like about four or five months ago, too, as well. Uh, I have my concerns about him. Really, it's a matter of he playing in competition in big games. He never really played anyone of any note, any defenses mm-hmm. of any note. Um you can kind of say that about North Dakota State Trey Lance, but I, I, you know, I mean, it's a different game at that level, and there were, they, they did play against some really tough, tough teams on that level at least. Um, I don't know. I, I, the bottom line is, is that it's the Jets, and they're known for their dysfunction, and I, I, I'm a. I'm afraid to admit that I've been saying that, that uh, Zach Wilson should be enjoying today because it'll be the last day of his career because I don't think he's going to succeed in the Jets. Yeah, I really like Zach Wilson a lot, but I have zero faith in the Jets. They've never been able to develop a quarterback. I, mm-hmm. you know, What was the last interesting quarterback they had? Chad Pennington? Uh, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call Pennington Sanchez? interesting. Sanchez? <laughs> okay, well, Sanchez was the interesting, Sanchez. but he wasn't good. But he wasn't good. Um, well, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't call Pennington was, interesting. That's what I'm just. He say. was fine. See, he, here's the thing. Mark Sanchez was fine as a fine quarterback, right? Yeah. Like as a middle of the road quarterback, yeah. surrounded by by elite talent. Because he had, I can't remember who his running back was, but it was a you know top five running back, top five offensive line, good wide receivers. Um. Anyway, no, no, he um, had a defense. He had a to, he had a top notch defense. Yeah. He, had a, he had a really yeah. good defense. Yeah. Amazing defense. Uh, he, Darryl, he was a game manager. Darryl, 
Yeah. And so, like, what I don't understand, guys, is that uh, first-round quarterbacks especially, but just first-rounders have a flame-out rate that is alarming. Yeah. Actually, it. Matt and I were talking about this earlier. I have always been of the opinion that your least – your least your your smallest flame out rate is that offensive line and to most you know to the most part defensive line as well especially if you're talking about interior line and is, if uh, if i owned a team I, if i was a manager i i think i'd just draft an offensive and defensive line every year and play the percentages oh yeah um to give you an idea of sanchez's uh team he had he had the danian tollinson and sean green to hand off to yeah, yeah. And I remember Jericho Cotri and, so, and Santonio Holmes and Braylon Edwards to throw to, and Dustin Keller who was a good D tight end. He was he was fine when he was in the the Vince Young, um, baby gloves NFL offense, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as he was required to do anything complicated, schemey, he failed. Mm-hmm. And then the other problem was he wasn't good enough to carry a team. When the Hall of Famers left, yeah. So yeah, the best the best quarterback of recent times the Jets have had was yeah it was it was it was um, Pennington like you said he wasn't interesting but he was the best they had for quite a while. But he was uh, a game before that is too. what Vinny. Yeah, Testaverde, yeah. green balls, yeah. green balls. Mister so, score a touchdown with his helmet himself. Yep, that's right. <laughs> But I mean, here, here's my question, guys. Maybe I'm going to take us down a road we don't we, we don't want to go down. Abe doesn't want to go down. Well, that's fine. <laughs> he'll he'll get me back on track if I do. Why don't more teams say, "Hey, we're going to build an offensive line and a running game, or we're going to get elite wide receivers, like no miss wide receivers, like um, they've been producing out of the SEC the last ten years, right? Teams and out are... of the Pac-12 uh, the last long but, while. But teams like, are get, do... get... teams are doing What's that. that? Teams are doing that with receivers. And right. And then just get yourself a just get a, a veteran quarterback that's that's competent. A Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. the brand the Broncos are doing right now. They've got an I mean, amazing it's, stable it's quarterbacks. Trent, good running it, back. They're it's good. the Trent Dilfer theorem, right? Sure. Yeah. If you can't get a young if you can't get a young phenom quarterback in their rookie contract deal then I think that's the route you have to go to win nowadays. I think it's either, it's either one route or the other nowadays. Yeah, it, it just it just seems like the, the Jets have holes everywhere, right? Yeah. And you would you would I mean if if I was them I would have. I mean even even if you thought that Lawrence was great I would have seen seen hey does anyone want the number one pick in this guy right? Well, especially with a team that has everything to rebuild. But yeah. the thing, with, the thing I mean, about a quarterback, though, Rich, is they sell jerseys. And we're going to get to this when we talk about <laughs> European soccer. Um, mm-hmm. There is something to be said about trying to get excitement for your team and have mm-hmm. butts come through the turnstiles. And you don't do that with an offensive lineman. Sorry, Matt. Like, it just... That, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I completely agree. It's not a sexy pick. Mm-hmm. But it, there is nothing nothing better you can do statistically for your team than stock up on D-line and offensive line. Yeah. But it's not sexy. It absolutely doesn't make headlines. But it will absolutely pay dividends. Unless you get a like a Reggie White or a um, Warren Sapp or 
an LT. Yeah, there there are a few there that will yeah you know you can make headlines with, but but yeah you know you go you go and draft the best left tackle left tackle in this draft like the Lions did in my opinion, and you're not going to make a lot of headlines, but you are investing in the future. And Jared Goff now has a good good protector there on the line, which is going to allow him to be able to throw, and it it's going to increase the success of your your offense. Bottom line, mm-hmm. Matt, to go back to what you were talking about. Or I'm sorry, Rich was talking about. Both of you were talking about this. Um, the if you look at teams like the 1991 Giants, if you look at teams like the 92 Redskins, you take a look at Baltimore, both the Baltimore Ravens championships. You you have for every one superhero quarterback who wins the Super Bowl, there seems to be a journeyman that wins a Super Bowl. You know either the next year or the year after mm-hmm. it isn't, it absolutely is not a requirement, but that means you have to be right in so many other areas. You have to hit, you have to, you know, you have to hit on seven, like basically every <laughs> other part of your game. Yeah. You have to, you have to use your resources wisely. You have to build, you have to go what you know, what you're building for and do it properly. And, and- and and I was yeah. and I was talking about this with Matt on text message today. Uh, what a shame it was that the Dallas Cowboys are now paying forty five million a year for Dak Prescott, <laughs> who's won one playoff game, um, and they need an entire defense. And they could have had Justin Fields today. They could have had Justin Fields, um, and I mean, th- they won't be able to afford. A de- I mean, they're gonna. They were what 29th in defense and dead last in points given given up per game well they got a linebacker didn't they well okay yeah. i mean you still got to build more oh yeah no, and they've <laughs> yeah. got other picks yeah. in the draft and maybe they have their eyes on some corners later in the draft but yeah they they jerry jones is a terrible gm and he's always been building on offense first and it's yeah he i don't know how they're going to budget for a defense at this point i really don't yeah all right any last words on the on the draft. I, I was going to say that the, the Cowboys haven't had a competent GM since Jimmy Johnson got fired. True. <laughs> the problem, that, um, but we know the problem there is Jerry Jones couldn't share the spotlight with. Right. I mean, Jerry Jones, I, I will say this. Jerry Jones is a magnificent businessman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like his ability to take uh, probably the top brand in the NFL and make it even more the top brand in the NFL mm-hmm. is incredibly impressive, right? He has leaned all the way in into the Dallas Cowboys. But his football acumen, you would think he would get better after 30 years. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, it's like what you used to say about Al Davis. And he would still go out and draft the fastest guy in the draft no matter what. No, no, but see, that's the thing is Al Davis... <laughs> Al Davis was good at football. Like there was a, there was a 20 year period of time where he was good at football operations. And then he lost it because he only wanted to do the stuff that had worked in the sixties. Right. Yeah. He didn't change. He didn't devolve. Right. So, well, he did, he did devolve. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But what, Um, what's, what's impressive to me is that like, you look at Jerry Jones and, he has evolved as a businessman as far as figuring out ways to monetize his product, to get butts in seats, to sell pro, you know, to sell merchandise, to always have everyone talking about the, the, the Cowboys. Like he's great at that. 
Right. He has he has improved at doing that. He has gotten better at that part of his job, um, and he has not gotten any better at the football part of the job. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's the that's the thing that's impressive to me. So, what's the Cowboys ranked? Like, where are they in top franchises? Revenue. Oh, in revenue, they're probably top two, top three. Well, they're number well, one. I mean, they're number one in the NFL. What are they in, like, all sports? Oh, in all sports. I feel like um, it's in the top five. I don't know. I think, no, I think the University of Texas beats them. <laughs> that's not a franchise. That's technically probably a non-for-profit <laughs> college. It, no, no. <laughs> they consider themselves a franchise. Trust me. Yes, they do. But when you go to uh, Forbes, they don't list colleges. Sure. I mean, I mean, s- individual sports teams, you're talking like Yankees, Manchester United, Real Madrid, uh, probably Yankees, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, probably Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, oddly, oddly enough, have you, uh, Rich, have you noticed that LAFC has crept up those rankings? Yeah. I'm not surprised. They have a really good ownership team that, um, you know, knows how to build value and how to market and how to do good football operations or more to the point, they hire smart football operations, people to do football. That is the the soccer kind of football. And they, uh, they hire smart, uh, business people to do the business side of the business. Here it is. I found, I found this year's rankings by, by Forbes, uh, uh, number 10, LA Dodgers number. Uh, Actually it's tied. Dodgers and football, New York Giants. Okay. Golden yeah, State Warriors, sense. which I didn't expect. Really? Yeah, that's odd to me. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles. Um, make- I'll tell you why. Hmm. The Warriors are everybody else's second team. Okay, I can sure. see that. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, because everybody unless hates the you're Lakers. like a Cavaliers fan or a LeBron fan, right? And then the Warriors are your rival. Like everyone, you know, I, oh, I'm from Boston. I'm a Celtics fan, but I love watching the Warriors play. And yeah. I've got, you know, a jersey for one of their guys because they're they're they play fun basketball. Steve Kerr has made them the new Showtime basketball. Yeah, everyone Wait. wants to be the Warriors out in the you know out in the driveway shooting hoops. Yeah. Well, hang on. We're talking soccer. Hang on, hang on. Anyway. <laughs> oh, we wanted. We, we wait. I wanted. I wanted to make one last comment on the draft before we roll into soccer. Formally, sounds good. Uh, That's okay. Cool. Tell you what, what. What? How about the last five minutes? We come back to the draft because they'll have new players drafted by then. Oh, I just. Yeah, I wanted. I, yeah, I wanted to make a comment on the, the player that was just just drafted. It was the first running back. Okay, we'll uh, come back. We'll come back to the end of the show. Last five right, minutes. Look, let's go with. Let's go with that. Um, because what I was where I was getting to is. You know, you got like the Lakers, the Patriots, um, the New York Knicks. But up here are three soccer teams. Uh, Real Madrid, number one amongst soccer teams, number three overall. Barcelona uh, and uh, Manchester United. So these three teams, the reason why I bring them up, the segue was, you know, to, to bring up this idea that there's a bunch of super rich teams in Europe that almost tried to break away that not almost tried. They did try to break away from their various leagues and create a super league. And it failed. And I was listening to the Swansea guys, uh, Swans cast, check out their great podcast on YouTube. And they were just talking about, uh, they were livid. Well, 
livid may not even be a good term for it. It's, you know, straight up sheer hatred for these teams trying to try, trying to do something like this. Rich, do you want to give like a quick rundown on what yeah. the Super League is? Yeah, so so for those that are uninitiated, there there are a number of different uh, soccer leagues throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the champions of each of these soccer leagues in the regular season, this means that you, you play everybody twice, home and away. And the team at the, at the end that has the most points is crowned the champion. There's no playoffs. There's no knockout tournament. There are other knockout tournaments for other trophies, but those are not the league champion. So the champions of each of the leagues throughout Europe, whether it's a teeny tiny country like Slovakia, you know, Hungary, Romania, bigger countries, Germany, Russia, etc., they all get entrance into an additional competition called the Champions League. And the Champions League um, has some problems and some challenges, but <laughs> it is you know, the winner of that every year is considered the best team in Europe and by extension, the best team in the world. Um, there is an additional competition called the club world cup that a lot of these clubs run off to. Um, but let's, and let's European st- champions have won that like every year that it's ever been run. But, so, but, but the champions league is considered the, the premier competition in the world for club soccer. And so now, um, so now there's a certain subset of teams mm-hmm. that are upset because they're not given an automatic bid to this every year. Yeah. So these, these teams are the, the top teams that most people say, Hey, I'm a fan of. Right. And so like, Abe, I think for a while you were a fan of Arsenal, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, probably because you were a fan of Thierry Henry and, uh, beautiful and, and, and Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah. Oh, Dennis Bergkamp. Yep. Okay. Um, and they've, they, you know, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Tottenham Hotspur, Manchester United, Manchester City, and there was one more. Um, Man City, that's a Man City, Man U, Tottenham, uh, Liverpool, oh, Liverpool, Liverpool, yep. Liverpool um, all were part of this. Um, Barcelona and Real, Real Madrid in Spain and Atletico Madrid in Spain. Uh, Juventus in Italy, Milan in Italy, Inter Milan in Italy, Matt, and then Matt, um, you were about to say something. Wasn't it Munich? Wasn't Munich in there too? They were invited, invited yep. but they turned it down. They said that they okay. weren't going to do that because it would. Um, they said it would gut their league, basically. <laughs> and Munich, Munich has really dominated their league historically, but especially like the last fifteen years. So I want to speed along, just stay at the top level here. So the so idea all these yeah, the, super clubs were invited to be part of a new competition that would supplant the Champions League or beyond above it, but it would be a permanent competition and they would be permanent members, like permanent members of the UN Security Council type of thing. And no matter how good or bad they were, they couldn't get kicked out. Now they would still have some other people they would invite into this tournament on kind of a rotating basis with vague criteria for who got invited. But the the fact that there would be permanent members of this Super League was the galling aspect across Europe because it flies in the very face of the core of European soccer, which is merit, which is promotion and relegation. Mm-hmm. Now, quick question. Um, would the, would this, would this league take, 
their take place of the Premier League? Like, would they would they not be in the Premier League anymore? Would they withdraw ne- from that? Or? Negative. They would actually play. It'd be an addition. Yeah, they, they would be an addition okay. to the Premier League. And this um, was what this was one of the things that the Swans cast guys really were upset about. And I think I agree with them. Is that you're this big team like Manchester United? You're probably more inclined to try to win this Super League than you are the Premier League. So, uh, Matt, you've seen this before where the Sounders basically send all their scrubs to these other tournaments that we don't, you and I don't care about. Yeah. You know, U.S. Cup, who cares? Send the scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the concern is that you'd basically get the B team or the JV team playing mm-hmm. in the Premier League while all the best stars are playing in the Super League. It would diminish the existing level of play. Yep. Exactly. LA. Okay. But but also the the very core of European soccer, like the, the one of the reasons why it appeals to um, so many soccer fans, especially in America, um, beyond the fact that you get to see the best players of the sport play, right? That of course Americans want to see the best, right? Like that's a that's a thing. Europeans are no different; they want to see the best, and all of them are concentrated in Europe. But the fact that I mean people. Tottenham has not been good so long that people don't remember them being mediocre. Well, they're the they're the Dallas Cowboys, right? They make so much money hand over fist, but they haven't really done anything to earn. Exactly. They're right. But they not for 20 years, 25 years. Here here's the thing is that Tottenham if you if this was being done 15 years ago, they would not have been invited. Um, uh, what is were... it? It's not, it, it's a- Ajax, a- Ajax, um, in the Netherlands would have been invited. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal would have been considered like one of the top three clubs in the world. Now they're kind of a running joke in England because they've been mismanaged for the last, uh, seven years since, uh, Wenger was kind of pushed out of the way. So like, and, and, and smart <laughs> soccer fans and, and the Europeans are very smart soccer fans. Like they're really, really detail oriented um i mean if you if you want to use them as a like the the regional thing think of like uh northeastern baseball fans right like you they're they're not fair weather fans they know their baseball they know the ins and outs they're college they're college football fans is what they're they 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 know their teams they care about their teams and they won't go root they will not go root for the team across the street just because they're you know they're doing better that week Mm -hmm. i will never i will never you, you know I will never root for Wazoo. There's no reason for me to. I'm not about to start, you know. Um, and they're the same way. If you're a if you're a yeah. Arsenal fan, you're not just starting to root for Tottenham the next day because it's right. a, a neat thing to do. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. Um, so take a look at this. I mean, one of the big complaints that they had on the Swanscast show, and then I've also read in a bunch of articles, is that these are the dirty Americans coming in here, <laughs> screwing up their sport, you know, um, you know, with all their money, because well, what the Glazer family, um, the Fenway group, uh, Stan Kroenke, you know, these, yep. are, uh, these are the types of people that are buying up, uh, English soccer teams and they see it's, uh, as, as, you know, an infringement on, on their way of life maybe, or mm-hmm. at least their idea of what sport is. Right. Which I think is silly because. Tottenham's owned by a British guy, so you know. 
it makes me laugh when they complain about Americans and well, and and I mean, you look at the Man City is owned by an Emirati, right? Well, and Chelsea yeah. and Chelsea is owned by the biggest Russian oligarch that's ever lived in the entire world. He's best friends with Putin, so, and he's you know, Putin's uh, best buddy. Yeah, yeah him, so, Putin, and um, him, Putin, and Trump probably you know go hang out on Thursday nights. Um, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, it's I don't think it's just an American thing. I know that's the first thing that they go to. I think mm-hmm. this is this is just a how sports have taken a turn and it's finally filtered in to their league. Yeah, it was a it was a money and power grab, and they thought that they could build this this ultra league and everyone would love it most, and they'd make a ton more money. And that's the mentality that's that's pervading through sports right now, everywhere. You know, gotta gotta make more money, gotta gotta have the best of the best of the best, and make more money and. It's what's ruining some sports right now, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I wish I wish some fans would fight back about it as uh, back on it as strongly as the European fans did for for their sport. I so mean, you're actually yeah. so then you're pretty cool with this then, um, making it raising a stink and trying to make a change because um, I don't think that would happen here, like well, except for college sports. A stink, a stink might be raised, but. No, they ain't going to listen to us here. We, we well, reached so, that point. Well, so Lee over at Swans cast said something that was so insightful. And I, I really loved it. He said we would complain, but ultimately had the owners not backed down would probably still go to the games. Yeah. So, um, I say good for them. I say good for them for standing up for it because we here in America probably waited too long to complain about these things. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can understand his point in that regard. I mean, yeah, it would, it would happen here too. It'd be like, oh, this is terrible. This is ruining the sport. And then you're sitting there going, well, you know, I can go see, you know, these two great teams play, uh, yeah. might as well, you know, <laughs> Hey, bo- Hey, bobblehead night at the, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get a bobblehead and I can watch, you know, I can see Chelsea versus Milan or whatever, you know, I don't know. So I was thinking, I was thinking about this and I'll see what you guys weigh in on. Um, I I read an article about FC Barcelona is a a billion in the hole in debt. So I, I know this, this has a lot to do with greed, but I feel like there's also extreme mismanagement of their unfettered. Yes. Cause they don't have salary caps in these leagues. So, yeah. So they over leverage themselves knowing that, you know, I can sell this team, I can flip it and at least make my money back. Um, so I feel like this super league was a attempt to keep the money for themselves and not, you know, let's have this little boys club and, um, we're not going to let any of those icky girls in and, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. It's a rich man's club. Well, for the from the other angle, it maybe it was an attempt by some of the owners to uh, raise the bar and in income and and make up that shortfall, you yep. know, and then be able to escape with that with their lives financially, you know. Um, yeah, the bottom line it was it was all motivated by money and greed, and it wasn't good for the sport. And I'm I'm I have to say, you know, I'm not a huge passionate, huge in the knowledge soccer fan, but I'm glad that it that it failed. But don't you think that this might be soccer's? It might be the federate the various federations in Europe might be their own fault. 
Um, I'm not going to blame it on the fans. This should never get blamed on the fans. But I wonder if, because of the fact that they don't have profit sharing, the fact that they don't have uh, at least anything like the luxury tax that they have in baseball, they don't have a salary cap, they don't have a salary floor, they let this go unfettered, and it gets to this this uh, you know situation. Yeah, it's it's you're 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 spot on, Abe. Like they they've tried to do some sort of financial fair play, but there's been all sorts of shenanigans. And uh, basically, the the governing body in Europe, I'll, I'll lay a lot of this at their feet. They have not had the stones to come in and suspend teams, suspend executives, dock teams points in the standings, right? Like make it hurt. I mean, Mm -hmm. think, think if, you know, the, you know, the major league commissioner comes in and says, Hey, um, Yankees, you guys cheated. You're a bunch of big fat cheaters. And this season, uh, you're forfeiting 10 of your games against the Boston Red Sox to start the season. Bam. Your 10 losses in the hole. Have I think, fun. I think that might been a, might have been the worst metaphor, Rich, because Goodell um, kind of let the Astros off the hook. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> I was going to say, why did that happen to the Astros? Cho- right, choose, exactly. choose a different example. Choose a different example. <laughs> okay, so, okay the, the Astros. Astros. You're forfeiting ten games to the Mariners, who like have been horrible until this season, right? Yeah. Like for twenty years, the Mariners have been, um, you know, uh, again a laughing stock of Major League Baseball. Here, Astros, you know, these ten surefire wins against the Mariners are all now losses. And now you start your season ten losses in the hole. Good luck. That's your penalty for cheating. Like that has real teeth. If you hit someone in their sta- in the standings. That's like that's the that's the shoe to drop on someone's head when they break big rules, and no one's had the no one's had the guts to do that in European soccer. So, question for you guys? Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say. I mean, this is connected to a mentality that I see throughout throughout Europe and 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 throughout soccer. Is what's soccer without corruption? I mean, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you look at you look at the biggest organization in soccer. It's FIFA, and they are probably the most corrupt organization uh, on the planet uh, in terms of, you know, a sports organization or something like that. But, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 fans have kind of just kind of reached a point where they, they've gotten used to it and it's like, Oh, well, you know, that's, that's business in in soccer and we don't really have any control or any way to get rid of the corruption. And so we kind of have to take what we get. FIFA allowed Russia, they, they allowed the Russian oligarchs to buy a world cup opportunity. Um, well, don't forget about Qatar. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put that because I'm not, I'm not happy with you know I I'm, I don't want to make this political base. Yeah, that's not the no, point of this people show. People are dying I, right now. Um, Abe, uh, Abe, it's not political. You're a historian of the game. Soccer is political. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it, oh, you're yes, it is political, um, but no, it shouldn't be political. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. I, I I don't like that because this this was interesting. This is. Back in 19, uh, you can probably correct me on the history, Rich, but back in the 90s, the Premier League in England was created based off of this exact same scenario. Yep, you got it. It, it was it was a it was a money grab, and it wasn't a money grab by by rich owners. It was a money grab by uh, 
things like Sky Sports and all these yep. new emerging television channels. And they decided, uh, yeah, you know what? BBC, which is like free television over there. Well, I guess you have mm-hmm. to pay a tax, but um, yeah. the money just started getting infused. And they said, we're starting our we're starting our own league and we're going with these with blackjack. Yeah. With blackjack and <laughs> sky sports. Yeah. Which by the, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, this isn't a new thing. This super league thing isn't a new thing. Whenever a, a money opportunity comes up in sports, it's an opportunity to, you know, turn things over and who's let's, let's throw this out there. Be honest. Both of you guys be honest. We're not, we're not living in Wales. We're not living in, uh, you know, uh, North Umperton or whatever you call it. Some, whatever in England, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where North Umperton comes from, but. Oh, it's a Married North, with Children North episode. Umbria is a place. It's a real place. Yeah. No, but there's a Married with Children episode. They had a place called North oh, Umperton. Okay. Anyway. It was, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Quite no, the reference, Abe. Quite the reference. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, they're dating himself a little bit. Yeah, go on. You guys are casuals as far when well, not rich, but let's just pretend you guys okay. are casuals. Um, Filthy I, casuals. I put on TV, Manchester United versus Real Madrid. You're at the bar. You're probably going to watch, right? You, you'll talk a little yeah. bit and you say like, Oh yeah, my brother loves that team. And you know, now same scenario. I've heard of those teams. I've heard of, you know. I've yes. <laughs> Doesn't Pele pay for one of those guys? Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> but no, now I throw on, um, you know, Cardiff versus Sheffield. Like, do you guys even give like a second glance? Uh, I don't. I don't. And I'm not even a no. casual, but I, I wouldn't watch that. So I mean, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch it. I'll watch a soccer match if it's on. Really, I mean, like that's that's the honest truth. No, no, I'm I'm really giving you here where it is. No, I'm giving you the persona. Like, I'm giving you the persona of casual. The persona of casual. I am. I am. I embody the uh, the, the casual soccer fan. I freely admit that. Um, I I would watch any game that's good is worth watching in my opinion. You know, if it, if it's a tight game and there and and it's intense to watch, yeah, it's going to grab my attention and I'm going to watch it. All right, but, but I'm, I, I I'm I, I may not necessarily. Be, you know, like that. I'm the guy who is absolutely cool that turning on baseball, watching any two teams play each other, or turning on a college football game and watching Fresno State versus Ball State or something like that at 10:30 at night on a Saturday night or something where it's two teams that don't matter at all. Um, I'm I'm the guy that if, if if it's on and the game is good, I'm I'm there. I don't think you guys do a very good job of of developing a character or a persona. Um, you guys can't get out of your own shoes as diehard sports fans. What I'm trying to tell you is that, you know, a casual person doesn't care about these minor teams. They want to see Barcelona versus Inter. They want to see Munich, Bayern Munich, you know, versus Liverpool. They don't want to see this other stuff. And you're right. Well, so do the, so do the hardcore fans. Like, like you were saying that, um, I'm forgetting his name. Don the Swansea cast said, uh, you know, they did begrudgingly go, you know? Yeah. 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 Even the hardcore fans want to, would like to see those matchups, but see, yeah, but mean, see, no, I don't it, think, so. Oh, hang on. Sorry, Rich. I just want to throw this out there. 
but here, here's something to keep in mind though. You guys know this. Um, the owners don't need the hardcore people's money. The hardcore people are going to give their money over regardless of whether you win or lose, regardless of whether you get relegated, they're going to show up. They're going to sing. They're going to drink beer, but you know who won't give you their money. And that's the casuals, those rich mm-hmm. corporate skybox people. They're not going to come to a, you know, uh, like I said, like a Sheffield versus, um, whomever, you know, uh, Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. But though, my God, they're going to spend 5,000 bucks, you know, for, for a night out for Manchester United versus Manchester city. Mm-hmm. And that's where the cash is. So I don't blame these. I don't blame these owners, uh, in, in the sphere of their own greed, <laughs> that this is the <laughs> mindset that they're trying to do. It's, they're trying to get these casuals. And if it's a scorched earth policy, they don't, you know, um, I, I think they th- thought they could get away with it. No, that's right. I mean, they they absolutely did think that they could get away with it. And they didn't think that there would be a whole lot of, of pushback. But also, this thing was ham-fisted. For example, Chelsea, which is, I mean, uh, no matter how you slice it, is one of the top 20 soccer clubs in the world probably top 10 okay they were only invited into this scheme at the last minute with less than a week before it was announced guys mm-hmm. yeah it was it, it, like it was, the execution <laughs> by the greedy owners here was terrible well i think this it, it hadn't worked anything out well they secrecy were, secrecy was key i think that i think you know you couldn't you you, you can't make a big you can't, deal. You can't exactly. make this get, let this get out. Right. Because the second it got out, the press turned against them, the people turned against them, and it all fell apart. So you needed to keep it secret. And, yeah, it they they didn't do a great job at that. They didn't do a great job at coordinating it. But I think they had to try to keep it quiet. They knew that it wasn't going to be popular. Well, I mean, you look at so American... frame it. Well, yeah, you look at American sports. I mean, they they come out with rule changes a month or two before the games start playing. And people get outraged, but there's not much you can do about it. They've already made their decisions. Baseball is the worst at it, you know. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna have DH in both leagues. Yeah, we're we're just gonna put a guy at second base on uh, extra innings. Yeah, deal what with it. Do. Deal with it, America. Um, I I'm gonna go Alex Jones for a second. And go conspiracy theory. Are the are the frogs the water turning the frog gay? Yes. What's going on? And interdimensional molesters are coming. Um, I haven't heard that one. Oh, that's okay. a that's a good one. Uh, you got to hear right. that. Oh, and that, and, look that up. oh, that and Bill Gates goes to the University of Washington to do experiments on people. Um, that's another cool. Alex Jones one. Um, wow, that sounds fun. <laughs> but no, conspiracy theory. What if they are doing a push pull? What I'm saying here. What if you do an outlandish idea? If it works, great. If it doesn't, no big deal. And then you put a lesser version of that into implementation. So you look less crazy. You're like, Hey, we were going to do this obscene thing. And everyone's Whoa, 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 Whoa. And then you come back out with it. Well, no, what we were, how about this half measure? And everyone's like relieved because you're not going to do the hard, the the, the crazy move. Right. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. They come out and they say, we're going to punch your grandma. And you're like, no. And then they say, 
okay, we won't punch your grandma. We'll just cut her social security. No, that's all right. Um, okay. Maybe that's, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe they, not that. <laughs> they, they might not, I mean, it might, it might not be necessarily the, 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 uh, the gum, they come back with a moderate uh, proposal, but that they've, they, they've thrown the idea out there and they've yeah. gotten the public used to the idea. And so maybe five years down the line is when they finally move the pieces in and, and strike. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And Rich, do you know what the Swiss plan is? Um, I've heard reference to it. I don't know the details on that. So this is what got me thinking about this, you know, conspiracy is you, you go full out with what you really want and then you move back to uh, a level higher than what you already have. So the Swiss plan is to modify. I might be wrong about the exact details, but the general scope of it is you modify the champions league so that instead of doing pro rel for every 32 teams in this tournament. Instead, what you do is you expand it to 36 and you allow opportunities for major teams to sneak in through the back door in those final, you know, final uh, uh, spots. Kind of like how the NCAA college basketball went from 64 to, uh, you know, 64 to 68. Yeah. Is they're trying to make sure some of those blue bloods still get in. So basically what they're saying is like, you know what? If a Manchester United had an aggregate win total of, you know, whatever, and they just had right. one bad year, eh, they can still qualify for, you know, they can. St- it's a selection committee that does the final four spots. And I was thinking about this Swiss model, and I'm like, oh my god, is this what they're doing? They're they're trying mm-hmm. to go back to what seems like a reasonable plan, comple- yeah. compared to the complete lunacy that they're trying to implement over here. It's possible. It's entirely possible. There could be shady business in a meeting in shady business boardrooms discussing this very topic right now. Going along with your conspiracy theory idea. <laughs> you never know. Rich, um, Rich is very quiet, so I wonder if he's in yeah. on the conspiracy. I'm just, I'm just thinking he's, about he's this. Brooding. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that it's, it's certainly a possibility, but given how ham-fisted the Super League was... Well, now they walk away for a couple of years and they quietly lay the groundwork and come back and do it right. No, see, no but it, you could have done this a much better way and say, look, we're thinking about forming a Super League. These would be the parameters. This is what it would look like. Da, 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 da. We think that we need to reform things and so it's more financially viable, right? You do all the nice, high-level, classy spin. Everyone either says, okay, unlikely, or they freak out. Maybe not quite as like what happened. Maybe not as vehemently. You say, "Oh, oh, okay." Then let's like withdraw this, and we'll do this other thing instead, right? But that would, you know, that would imply uh, competence and professionalism and long-term planning. And I just don't think that. Oh boy, what a bad take. Sorry, Rich. This I is a bad take. I gotta stop. Smart you. enough to do this. Oh, come on, oh. Rich. Rich. I don't think they're smart enough to do this. The freaking uh Ibramovich, the Russian oligarch, didn't he put Putin into power? You know, didn't you know, doesn't Stan Kroenke own the Rams? Oh. These are smart businessmen. They're sure. not dummies. They're very smart okay. businessmen. Okay. And this involves money. Individually, so. yes. But there are also some of these people who are involved, for example, the executives at Arsenal, the executives at Barcelona, 
the executives at, yes, even Real Madrid and Manchester United who can't manage their way out of a ham sandwich. They've been coasting on their laurels for a long time. These are not smart people. Uh, I, I don't get well, that. Uh, okay, they you're, have... you're talking about two different levels of management. That's the problem here, right here. You're talking about the guys who are running the team, the, the, the on-the-field product, but they're not the ones who are going to make the decision here. The no. people who are going to make the decision here are the owners. Yep. Who are the billionaires and trillionaires? Yes, who yes. are there's a reason why they're billionaires and trillionaires, you know? Except I mean, it's a like, Jerry Jones equivalency. He sucks well, the on-field product, but he but he's a hell of a businessman. So I'll I'll just give an an example. Um, first of all, whoever's managing Arsenal top to bottom, uh, they're in over their head. They don't know what they're doing, and they can't execute either on the field or in the uh, in the executive suite in the in the business side of the office. But see, that's not any different than so. Stan Kroenke is the majority owner of Arsenal, mm-hmm. and that's no different than how he runs the Rams. <laughs> but see, the he Rams just throws are, money at the problem and assumes it'll fix it. Right, right. But see, the Rams are profitable. Saying Arsenal is not profitable, I'd find yeah. that hard to believe. Arsenal has racked up like so much debt in the last like eight years since our uh, Arsene Wenger got, um, or what, six years since he left, basically, um, because they don't know what they're doing and they just spend money. And um, I mean, Barcelona's had the, the same problem. You know, they're the best player in the world. At, at one point, they're the best team in the world, and they're squandering it. Because, I mean, specifically Real Madrid and Barcelona, they're clubs, like, meaning they have, like, club elections and everything. And their executives are, are can be good, but oftentimes are just the most popular people who run for election. Well, well I thought the Barcelona problem was when they uh, sent Neymar away and they had to spend hundreds of millions to try to replace him. Well, they didn't that's have they're to. They, they chose to. They, they, the Barcelona, anyway, the, a different problem there, but they have a... Well, you got to uh, sell out their 100... The, the, best, the best academy in the world, and instead of like letting their kids come up and play, they just keep on try, trying to sign all these high-priced, already proven players who don't fit what they want to do and are like on their way out a year, a year and a half later. But... See, once again, you're talking about the people on the on-field product. They're yeah. not the ones who are going to make the decision to build a league. It's the owners. It's the people at the next level up, you know? Well, but that's the thing. In the clubs, it's both. There are no owners. Like, there's, like, 500,000 owners of Real Madrid and Barcelona. Okay, yeah, there's a, there's, but there is a board that makes the, you know, or, or you know, chief executive yeah, officer. There's a... or, you know, or something. There's a committee or, you know, top level board that makes the decisions and they're the ones who are going to make this, 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 uh, this work. They're not the yeah. same people who, who decide who plays on the team and what. And, and that's not true for every, every team though, Rich. I mean, there is the Fenway group, right? Mm-hmm. And they own Man U, um, which has the several owners uh, like you're talking Liver- about. Liverpool. Liverpool. I'm sorry. Um, Fenway group owns Liverpool, which, um, the Fenway group is probably the smartest of the bunch. They could be like, they're, they're not smart the, enough to do hang this, on, this type not. of thing. <laughs> they're not, they're not the smartest group because look at how they ran the Red Sox into the ground, <laughs> but they haven't run the Red Sox into the Actually, ground. Actually, the Red Sox are 
flipping around. Very, they're rebuilding very quickly. They're oh. looking pretty good right now. Well, Solak yeah, would be happy about you haven't that. Checked your, you haven't checked your uh, playoff, your uh, MLB standings lately, have you? Uh, that's because you two keep telling me to stop looking at April standings and wait until damn June. So this is both of your faults. Uh, well, I mean, there there is some truth <laughs> to that, but there's also... How about this, Abe? Look at... Um, Look at John Henry and his group since they took over the Red Sox. If you are a fan of the Red Sox, how do you feel since his group took over your team? Well, I'll take the four titles. Yeah, you're ecstatic. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, I'd be pretty <laughs> pleased. And by I mean, the way, they have a better record than the Dodgers right now. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and they've missed the playoffs what like once in 15 years since he took over. Yeah. Very consistently top notch play. Yes. Well-run I mean, organization. He brought in the right people to run the day-to-day mm-hmm. operations and the general managers and so forth. Right. So he's a smart. He's but he but he is at the level that would make the decision to to make this league. He's not the yeah, guy. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who's and, doing the and player I, management. I, I'm what I'm saying is that he is smart enough to do something like this. Yeah. Like he is smart enough to come up with this conspiracy. But what I'm saying is the other people don't have the discipline or the intelligence or the strategic thinking. Too often they are worrying about the day-to-day or the month-to-month problems, not the decade-to-decade um, things, which... I'm not... I, uh, okay, let me let me change the conversation. We're going in circles here. Um, what, about, what about this? Is the uproar and the fear that everybody in Europe is been you know sent a tizzy into um is this just temporary do the owners eventually wear them down yes matt it's gonna happen yeah i think i think it's just gonna happen it's gonna be worn down there is there is one way out you know like think think about your um your avengers infinity war Mm -hmm. right and you think about, uh, what is it, Doctor Strange? And he goes, he, he's like thinking about all the possibilities, like all the billions of permutations. He's like, we have one chance, mm-hmm. right? So there is one chance. And that one chance is that there is reform that is implemented requiring community ownership of clubs. That's not going to happen. No. I, I, no, I, I don't see that at happen. all. It's extremely unlikely, but that is your salvation to stopping pure greed from overtaking everything ever, right? Is that you have to have some principles, right? I've got, I've got a better one. Well, what about, what about, and I feel like this in all sports, um, a salary floor. In other yeah. words, in other words, if you want to play in the premier league, you need to spend X amount yeah. Of money. You need to bring you need to bring a certain amount of resources. Yeah, you need to be up at yeah. this level. And if you know, I, it's it's great that you won your champion, what do they call it, championship cup or something like that. Um yep. it's great that you won your league and you're moving up. Uh, you need to invest this much into spending. And then conversely, I think there should be either uh uh I I really I really kind of like the idea of baseball's luxury tax. I think it's done wrong. But something like that, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's a good idea. Poor execution. I agree. What, what I hate is that. So, what I hate is that there's no salary floor in baseball, so yeah, teams just kind of teams just kind of hang out and 
collect money. But well, what's happened is a natural elimination of the middle class. Yeah, yeah, complete elimination. Yeah. So in in soccer, in the English Premier League, the Premier League is actually of all these leagues not the problem. Believe it or not, because they actually do share like when like the teams that get kicked out because they suck at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Those guys oh, yeah. actually get like parachute payments. So that they have like one season where they don't lose all of the TV money that they had the year before in an effort to let them try to bounce back up the next year and come right back up to the Premier League. In addition to that, the three teams that get promoted up are actually given balloon like chunks of money as well to help them get prepared for the Premier League season so they can spend more so that presumably they have high enough qualities roster to be competitive. The Premier League has implemented this not because it's good for the richest owners, but rather it's good for the product on the field so that when you have a Sheffield Wednesday that just got promoted to the Premier League facing off against Manchester United, at Manchester United, that even though Manchester United's heavily favored, has all the better players, Sheffield Wednesday has a fighting chance. I don't know. Statistical statistical chance in other words they have well no like in other words they have major league to put it in baseball terms they have major league baseball quality players now mind you they're inferior to say the the yankees or the astros right but they're at least major league quality so instead of like say the aqua Sox having to go play the yankees it's it's the orioles versus the yankees exactly they're they are major league quality players you can maybe win if you get lucky or someone has a career year. You might be about five hundred. Right? Like, I don't. I don't care about like particular games. Uh, over the course of a season, mm-hmm. what Leicester might have been the only Premier League team that won that nobody saw coming. I mean, it's almost as bad as the NBA. I mean, you can predict the same five teams every year, and one of them is going to win the whole thing. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, is that Leicester is on a trajectory right now, Abe. Yeah, they won in their wonder year, right? And that's great and honky-dory and whatnot. But they have been, become a very good club in the Premier League, and they are on track right now to go to Champions League again for like the fourth time in six years. Okay, then let me take a different, have, let me take a different model then. Let me take Spanish. Uh, Spanish, okay, Spanish is a much better model. Yeah. The, yeah. And because, uh, even though the six English teams, uh, rolled out, uh, Real Madrid and, um, uh, Barcelona, they still want to do this. Yeah. There is yeah, such a disparity. I mean, like I, I can go to Matt right now, Matt, because Matt, you're a casual name me another Spanish soccer team. Well, there's Real Madrid and there's not Real Madrid. Okay, see, there you yep. go. <laughs> and, then, and there's Barcelona. <laughs> Three teams. Uh, the two Madrid teams. And yeah, I, that's, that's, probably all, that's probably all I know, yeah. So they've got that entire league under their thumb, and I think yep. that's why they need to do this. They need to get away from their league that's full of a bunch of patsies, to be honest. Yep. So there's there's actually a proposal, a real proposal that was put up for a Super League, actually, um, in the wake of all of this. And I really, really like it. Ah, my conspiracy theory. No, so hear, hear me out. 
but it but it comes with strings and it comes with principles which these owners may not like but yeah, what it does do no room for is that, that for the rich you teams are in um are basically invited into the super league to start it off but then the super league teams do not play in their league they play in the super league mm-hmm. um instead basically but they do play in their domestic cup competitions. So over so here, think, that'd be equivalent to the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open yeah. Cup. So think Gold if cup or LAFC yeah, stuff like that, yeah. and Seattle um, and all the top MLS teams didn't play in MLS anymore, but only the only way you could possibly see them was in the U.S. Open Cup. Unless they got all relegated. Sudden, unless they got relegated. Or, or, or in the Super League competition, right? So... Um, not sure I'd like that as a fan. No, that makes Premier League level two then. Yeah, it basically because the European Super League is a super league for all of Europe. It's yeah. up above everything, um, and you can get demoted out of the Super League if you suck. Um, but but it goes oh, and, to a and, playoff. In that idea, you know, oh, so in that in that version, you could they could get kicked out. Yeah, they could get kicked out of the Super League. Okay. But you have you you play for your life basically. Right. So the top teams that want to get promoted up into the Super League, you're going to do a home and home series with the teams that sucked in the Super League that might get demoted. So in other words, you got to win your way in. Okay. Yeah. So unlike unlike the Premier League where you just the the, the bottom two get dropped out and automatically and and all that, right. you have right. to actually then play a head to head and earn your way in. Yep, exactly. So, Interesting. There, I mean, that is much. That is much must see TV yeah. mm-hmm. to watch because I mean, you, you think of the Super League is like a hundred million dollars of extra revenue for your oh, yeah. team, huge, um, every season, and like you're gonna throw everything you have to get to to not lose it, but you'd also vice versa the other teams like we've been working for this for three years to like get our way up here this is it you know they're gonna you know they're gonna pull out all the stops so it would be incredible entertainment at the the highest level the the tension would be phenomenal right yeah um okay but rich you said your preferred method is to make all the teams like the green bay packers um, I think that my preferred method is a revenue sharing um, that that is that basically have a have a salary floor and have an element of revenue sharing, right? For everything, like the NFL. Um, what about you? And, and I think I think having some autonomy of like what if hey we're way better at doing this stuff. Why should we share with you? Like I, I'm I'm fine with some element of that. Matt, for you, is there any? to this that it makes everybody happy not really unfortunately <laughs> i just i mean money the end of the day money win, money wins i mean that's the bottom line like and acdc says money talks yeah it's money wins and it's gonna it's gonna the owners i think are gonna come out on top and they're gonna have their own little super league and they're gonna they're gonna they're going to do what they want eventually. It just might take some time and they're going to have to prevent it, you know, present it to the public properly, but they'll do it. I'm in the same myopic boat that you are in. I think it's going to happen. Um, maybe not the super league that they just proposed, but there'll be a super league rich. Um, will the Sounders join the super league? 
no. Oh, darn. Damn. Um, <laughs> but, believe it or not, Seattle is not in Europe. What? Really? Those geographically challenged <laughs> listening to this. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's too bad. But Sometimes I will, it I will, feels like it. I could swear. I will talk we were... about the Sounders, though. Um, I'd love to, to, to talk to you guys. All they, right. uh, they're, they're off to a, a, a pretty decent start for the season. Yeah. They, what are your uh, thoughts? They just beat LAFC. Uh, and I got to tell you what, guys, I cannot stand watching every year. They don't give any credit to the Sounders whatsoever. They they didn't even mention once we were in the damn MLS Cup last year. All they do is they talk about like, oh, well, you know, the LAFC, they're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And the Sounders, you know, shouldn't even be hanging with these guys. It's like, oh, my God. It just, it's yeah. it's gross to listen to. And yet the Sounders are there every year <laughs> exactly. hanging with them. So every I, single year. I have a couple questions for you. I, I, I'm I'm happy to talk about performances of the last couple weeks um, and and my insights. But I, higher level guys, head coach Brian Schmetzer has been on the job since the middle of the disastrous start to the 2016 season that forced the firing of Ziggy Schmidt. Where does he rank in the Seattle sports pantheon at this point? Oh, well, he's coaches. He's actually good at his job, and he actually has yeah. titles. <laughs> I, I have no complaints about this yeah. man, So, and we don't discuss him often because we like to complain about coaches. Yeah. So that means that he's really good. Yeah, the fact that – yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact that we're not bitching about him every week on this very show um, means uh, he's doing his job. Uh, I don't know. Let's go through him. I can't think of a Mariner coach I care about. Lupinella? I hate Lupinella. I hate Lupinella. I can't okay. stand what? his hysteronics and, you know, the fact that he hated rookies, couldn't stand rookies, so don't give him a chance. True. You know, um, and I'm going to name a name that, that Abe absolutely hates, but his name is Pete Carroll. I know. He ruined my birthday. Two Super Bowls. Ruined yeah. my two, birthday. Ruined my birthday. We'll not forgive him. Um, I begrudgingly accept that he's our head coach. What about um, um, Holmgren was oh, good. Short guy for the sound, uh, Sonics coach. I'm always blanking on his name. George Short Carl. Guy. George Carl. There we go. Okay. What about him? He was pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, um, we I, I haven't really had like Hall of Fame great, you know, coaches. We haven't. City. No. I mean, we've had some decent, some pretty decent ones. Maybe Don Don, Don James. Don James and and Coach Pete. I I I call Don James beloved. Uh, Pete yeah. Carroll. Pete Carroll not, is not 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 Pete Carroll. Uh, Coach Peterson. Oh, Chris Peterson. Um, oh, Chris Peterson. five good. years. Five years. I don't know. Like, I love Coach Peterson. Oh, I, five I, years I is like five years. I consider him still a Boise State head coach. I think the world of him. I think he did an amazing job. I think he's a good, great coach. But I don't think he's necessarily like he didn't achieve greatness like the dog father you know i mean had some serious you know national titles went, and so forth i mean he went to what he went to two rose bowls and the semi-final game for the playoff that, that's fine but years? i mean that's a five-year run barely that's got to, what, what have you done for me lately well no i barely well, got to know the guy i mean that's five years <laughs> no, I, I understand i understand i'm just i'm just saying like he's probably the fourth best husky head coach of all time 
understood, but most of my underwear is older than that guy. You know, like it, it's, you know, uh, he hasn't, he wasn't on the team for that long. I still think of him as a Boise State head coach. Yeah, I know, because he was there like twelve years. Exactly. Um, who is who is the other two coaches for the Huskies then? So after, Don James, Don James Don. would be number one. Jim Owens would be number two. Okay. Um, but we're not old enough. We're not old enough to know what? who that. We're not old enough to remember Jim Owens. I mean, that's. I've heard the name. I mean, he he. He led the, the, the Huskies to a couple Rose Bowls yeah, in the well, 60s. Okay, okay but Gil... It beat the, it Gil, beat the national ch- title-winning um, Minnesota. My dad regales me with you know, yeah, stories I understand from that, that but, but Gil Dobie had three undefeated seasons with the Huskies back in 1904. So, I mean, like... Okay. <laughs> you know, who big did deal. they play in 1904? Oregon and who else? Uh, or, Oregon Southern and East Oregon and... Maybe yeah, Stanford? Oregon Technical College. That was... That was still in the in the in the days of, the, of calling the Huskies the Sun Dodgers. That's right. That's right. Ah, the original nickname. All right, we're closing uh, out the show. Were, were there any draft picks oh, that we? Uh, so missed out yeah, on? they just finished the draft, the first round. The uh, last pick of the draft was uh, a boy out of U Dub, actually. Oh, who did we get? Uh, Tryon, Tryon. Oh, the defensive end. Uh, the defensive yeah. end, yes. And uh, yeah, he was really good. He was so he went to the. So he went to Buccaneers? the Buccaneers. Oh my god, be... that defensive line! Are you kidding uh-huh. me? Jeez. Um, let's see. Two running backs went, and the G. Harris went to the Steelers, and then right after him, the Jacksonville Jaguars traded up and took the Rams spot. Um, for Travis. Or maybe, they, maybe they already had. Maybe they already had that Rams pick. Um, they took Travis Etienne. Uh, so he's a good so, running back. Um, he's really good. The, so uh, what's his name? Lawrence has his has his own running back to hand off to. <laughs> he's a good running back, I, I, no doubt. Jacksonville had a good day. They didn't they didn't they also take a like I mean did they take a line? Oh, I'm thinking of the Jets that took a lineman. That's right. Okay. So Jacksonville had a good day. They took they took a new quarterback, franchise quarterback, and they've got a running back he, that he knows to hand off to. Not bad. Hey, got any shout outs this week, Rich? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out actually to uh, Bro- head coach Brian Schmetzer and Josh Atencio. Josh Atencio is in for all intents and purposes a rookie. Um, he had his first two starts in Major League Soccer and has looked every much bit like he belongs. I think he's twenty. He's all of uh, 19, 19 years old. Oh wow! And still <laughs> has a face full of acne, and he. <laughs> He quite possibly over the first two games has been the best player, like collectively for the Sounders those two games. Well, he did get a yellow last week, but um, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> he didn't deserve that, but anyway, um, so, I was going to say a he didn't deserve that, and b <laughs> defensive midfielders get yellows. So I mean, okay, <laughs> you you boys loved Ozzy Alonso. You never complained about yellows from him. <laughs> Matt, you got any shoutouts? Uh, yeah, once again, the Everett Aqua Sox. The season starts this coming Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday, the 4th. Which is it? May, May the 4th. It starts on the 4th on, on the day, so the full Tuesday. Um, nice. They're out of town for the first week, so they're, they're, uh, the first home game, I guess, is the 11th. Um, come see them. If you, can, if you can manage to get tickets, it's going to be limited because, uh, obviously, because of COVID restrictions. But uh, support the team and check them out. And if you get a chance to go, make sure to read the program where uh, three of our SSU uh, writers have uh, contributed content for the uh, the programs that they hand out at the game. So I heard the uh, three. I out. heard the three best ones. The the three best writers, as in yes, 
the three current writers. You're a regular three hosts of this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to give a shout out to Rich Michelson. Thanks for joining um, this week and giving sure. us your soccer insight. Uh, shout out to Swans Cast. They're out there across the pond. Uh, they're a big Swansea supporter fan and uh, fan group that's on YouTube. And as well, big shout out to Ryan Solak, wherever the hell he is. Uh, he said he went to Hawaii, but I looked I at this. I think he went to Walla Walla. I think he went to Walla Walla as well. I think he was too ashamed <laughs> to admit that that's where he went. Some um, of the photos looked photoshopped. <laughs> so check out, check us out every week here on our podcast, Seattle Sports Union, as well. Check us out online at seattlesportsunion.com, as well as on Twitter at Seattle Sports U, and like us on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Go sports ball. <laughs> <laughs>